The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Dr. Zero, her loving husband Cornelius, and little Milo. The most dangerous to man is little Milo. Why? The time is 1973. The place is right here on Earth. How did they get here? What is their reception? Welcome, gentlemen, to the United States. Escape from the planet of the apes. Their adventures are completely fresh, completely new. Astonishingly different from what you experienced in Planet of the Apes and beneath the Planet of the Apes. At first, feared and imprisoned. We'll take the female first. Well, she seems to be pretty smart. All right, we'll go for the banana. Well, why doesn't she take it? Because I loathe bananas. I don't believe it. Sarah, are you mad? Until we know who our friends are and who our enemies... And how in the name of God are we to know that unless we communicate? We can speak, so I spoke. The president convenes a special board of inquiry. Have you a name? Zero. Does the other one talk? Only when she lets me. <laughs> Embraced by our civilization, the nation gives them a hero's welcome. Address, please. The zoo. <laughs> what is it? Well, it's sort of uh, like grape juice plus. How is that? Very wet. It's certainly the most incredible story this reporter has ever covered. And you share the impact of every incredible moment. Must have been the shock. Shock my foot. I'm pregnant. The president's chief advisor wants them murdered, or else the human race cannot survive. The escape. The birth of an infant who could threaten man's very existence. You're the second human I've kissed. You are the first. The Relentless Chase. The Stunning Climax. Zero, I want that baby. If you won't give it to me, I'll shoot. Why was Washington thrown into a turmoil by this one baby? Stop him! Escape 
from the planet of the apes. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema and the Evil Never Dies podcast crossover for the Planet of the Apes series. I'm your host, Jimbo, and joined today by... I'm Kyle, joining once again. And I'm Brett with the Evil Never Dies podcast. How's it going, everybody? It's going good. It's going good. Good here. Here we are in the third installment of the Planet of the Apes franchise, Escape from Planet of the Apes. And you may be asking, huh? At the end of episode or movie two, a nuclear bomb went off. How can we escape from Planet of the Apes when there is no more apes? But lo and behold, do we have a story to tell tonight? So that's right. That's for buckle sure. up and gonna get bumpy. So uh Kyle, go ahead and take it away, then we'll kick it to Brett for the cast. All right. Escape from Planet of the Apes, released on May 26th, 1971. Directed by Don Taylor, written by Paul Dean, and based on the characters created by Pierre Bull. The film is a um, quick little synopsis here. The world is shocked by the appearance of three talking chimpanzees who arrived mysteriously in a U.S. spacecraft. They become the toast of society, but one man believes them to be a threat to the human race. Dun, dun, dun. Cinematographer for the film was Joseph F. Barak, edited by Marion Rothman, music by Jerry Goldsmith, and distributed by 20th Century Fox. Runtime is 98 minutes. Budget for the film is $2 million. Adjusted for inflation, that'd be about uh, $20 million today. And box office was $12.3 million. Just for inflation, that'd be about close to about $110 million today, roughly. So good money on there. Um, quick little things. I got to find the awards for the film. See if I actually were any real quick. One moment there. I forgot to pull that up on the thing. Um, I tell you what, Brett, if you're ready to move on to the cast real quick, if you can take the cast on, I'll see if I can find rewards. All righty, let's go over the cast here. Thank you, Brett. First, we have Roddy McDowell as Dr. Cornelius, Kim Hunter as Dr. Zira, Bradford <laughs> Dillman as Dr. Lewis Dixon, Natalie Trundy as Dr. Stephanie Branton, uh, they, but they called her Stevie in the movie. Mm-hmm. Eric Braden as Dr. Otto Osline. Hey, as we were just discussing earlier, uh, he was in the Titanic, uh, which was in our fourth anniversary episode. But as Brett and I were discussing before you got on, Kyle, he is Victor Newman from Young and the Restless. He's played that guy probably, I don't know, 60 years now, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 70 years. I don't know. He's been on there. Forever, forever. <laughs> yeah. well, didn't you say he's still on there, too? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Must be a good gig. You know, sometimes you hate him, sometimes you love him, but all kids around the world know who he is after Price is Right and the news came on. You know who Victor Duman is, at <laughs> least in the Midwest. <laughs> right, right. Oh, let's hear. Okay, fine. I have uh, one award here, and it was just a nominee for a Saturn Award for the best DVD collection in 2009, featuring all of Planet of the Apes films, of course, for the um, 40th anniversary collection. So that's the only award it was even nominated for um, in all its history. So interesting little. Escape from Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I, I had that somewhere, and uh, I can't find it. <laughs> All right. Next on with the cast, we got William Wyndham as, pre- as the President of the United States. Sal Minio as Dr. Milo. Albert Salmi as Private E1. Jason Evers as Private E2. John Randolph as the Chairman. Harry Lauder, General Winthrop, M. Emmett Walsh as the aide, 
Roy Glenn as the lawyer, Peter Forrester as the Cardinal, Bill Bonds as the TV newscaster, James Bacon as General Faulkner, and Ricardo Montobland as Armando. You know, Brett, what is Ricardo famous for? The plane, you know? the plane. <laughs> Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. <laughs> the plane, <laughs> boss. <laughs> oh, I love that show too, man. I know. <laughs> That's the only, help but the only reason I watched show. it was for that guy, man. The plane. They did a remake on it too, and it wasn't good at all. Can't be good. All right. And that's it with the cast. Kyle, you got any more technical details or anything you want to dive into? Um, let me see what I can find here real quick. Well, um, I got some, I got some filming locations. I, I just a couple that I pulled out that I thought were very interesting. Uh one of them was the Los Angeles Harbor, uh San Pedro, Los Angeles, California. Also the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, which is at 900 Exposition Boulevard and Exposition Park in los angeles california which is where zara discovers that she is pregnant and faints yeah. and i didn't know she fainted from that i thought it was because she seen that big gorilla stuffed gorilla they had in there but what do i know that's what i thought too in the film um uh, I have uh, there's also the regent beverly wilshire hotel uh 9500 wilshire Boulevard, beverly hills california and rodeo drive in beverly hills california mm-hmm. um also, i have one other fun fact about also the filmed at the la zoo yep yeah, I have a, one other fun fact about the reception of the film here. According to um, Variety in 19, um, let's see here, 1976, it actually made $5.5 million in rental in North American box office. So this film didn't make the hugest kind of like, um, you know, splash in the uh, theater market, but like on the actual rental market, that's where it made huge money there. So it was like, it could have been like even a bigger success if this was a direct video movie altogether, possibly. And also the critical reception here actually holds a um, 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. This film was pretty well reviewed. I believe even higher reviewed than the sequel, the direct sequel. Um, was it Dawn of Planet of the Apes? What's, what's, the, what's the order again? Um, beneath. Yeah, so. Beneath. Beneath, Trek. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Fred, did you have them on VHS? Yes, I had them all on VHS. I had that DVD uh, that he said it was nominated for the award, but it's been lost somewhere. So, so you had them on Barry in the box somewhere. No, I don't have it on Blu-ray. I just had it on DVD. I don't mm-hmm. think it's out on Blu-ray. The box. Oh, surely it is. Surely, right? Oh. I'll, take, I'll look into it right now. I know I you can know buy the individual there. Blu-rays, but I don't think they have the box set of them. I don't oh. know if there is, but don't call me Shirley. <laughs> All right, Brett. Since you're the ape man here, um, we want you to get you to give us the quick synopsis as we talk through this movie we want you to walk us through this movie brett as only brett can do oh no you're not having me do this are you oh we look i see you on your computer your face lit up turn that off i <laughs> remember you just watched it this morning explain to the viewer the listener well basically a spaceship lands in the uh ocean off of los angeles california and the army and all that get it to the shore and get the astronauts out, but it's not the astronauts. They take their helmets off and it's there are three apes. And, and that is Cornelius, Zara, and Dr. Dr. Milo. And uh, so they take them to the zoo. 
<laughs> Where are apes supposed to go? And when they get there, their first night, they don't, they're not talking or nothing. And, uh, they're running all kinds of like physical tests or, uh, what kind of tests? Are they tests like, in, yeah, like hand eye coordination. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, one of them, they hang a banana up, up, up above her. <laughs> And, and the first word you hear spoken from the from the chimpanzees is what, Brett? Uh, I despise bananas. I loathe bananas. bananas. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's funny because like that doctor they called in, you know, he thinks, oh, here, here's the thing with the blocks and all that. You know, he pulls the curtain down and she picks the block out. He adds more and he picks them out. And, you know, she keeps it. Out. Then he's like, well, okay, you know, and she brings all those the what are they like blocks chairs or whatever to get the banana and she's stacking them all up and just sits on top like yeah <laughs> yeah i love you can, you can see the best frustration <laughs> yeah you can tell she's mad dude you can tell she is bad yeah well also the vet too he's frustrated because he knows like i'm not even challenging this chimpanzee just going through the test it's like okay well I, I what am i even here for almost when he's going through the test because it's just like she's just acing him no problem like i'm not even going for it and then the revelation at the at the end of that scene is just so hilarious he just yeah. freaks out gotta go <laughs> yeah so then they all just kind of you know they discover that they can talk and um they notice that they have uh what is it a orangutan uh or a uh, gorilla a gorilla uh, on the other walked up next to him and yeah. uh you know dr milo's like look you know he's our friend you know and all that and he gets a little too close to the cage and yes and he backs up against it and the gorilla strangles him puts him in a million dollar dream or something man just choked him out and <laughs> killed him so, yeah so that was uh that was the end of dr milo a gruesome way to go very sad so what happens after they got they a bunch of media out. attention then, and uh, they had to go in front of the uh, presidential commission <laughs> and uh, talk in front of the president. The president's yeah. committee, the president committee. Yeah, I like I like when uh, you know they started asking, you know, what's your name, and she's like Zira. And he's like, oh, well, that's just a, you know, automated response. Anybody can do that. And he keeps it. Yeah. And then she gets mad. She just starts thinking all of a sudden. And then they said, well, what about the male chim- chimpanzee? Does he speak? And he's like, only when she lets me. Yeah. <laughs> they were almost going like family sitcom S during that whole scene. Every time they were in the committee of just like, we're just like regular people, husband and wife with our crazy husband and wife hijinks. <laughs> it's very cartoonish. Yep, so they ended up being sort of like celebrities. Yeah, but but they 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 did lie to the to the commission. I think we need to let the audience know that. Yeah, um, they asked if they knew Taylor and who was the other one? I forget his name. Uh, Brent. Brent, but I think they only said Taylor, if I remember right. Yeah, I think they only bring up Taylor in that one scene, and then also um, I think that's the first scene where Zira is uh, trying to mask the fact that she was a veterinarian who. Uh, uh, What's the word? Dissected humans and yeah. examined them. Yeah, she stopped herself. Dissect, dissect, dissect. So then they take him out like on Rodeo Drive and, and you know, they're getting fitted. Cornelius is getting fitted for a suit. He comes outside like, hey. And she's like, ooh. And then they take her into the. It, it reminded me of Pretty Woman in a way, you know, where she's. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And she comes out and Cornelius just does that, <gasps> looking out the window like, oh, that's my wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, this definitely feels like the first film in the series where they're kind of leaning into some of the kind of the, the joke aspect of it. They're definitely kind of taking a lot less uh, 
Uh, I mean, they're, they're treating the, the world seriously, but the actual film, the scenes themselves are played a lot more for laughs and fun and generally just kind of having a little more of a, a carefree attitude in these scenes that I really appreciate in this in this whole movie. I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed the second one for sure. <laughs> but it was also in that presidential committee where they found out <laughs> that the earth is destroyed in the future. Um, and they seen the earth blow up and they, that's where they said that they time travel where uh, Dr. Haslin, is that his name Haslin? Yeah. Yep. Um, where he's like, hmm, if the apes were running the planet and it's destroyed, basically maybe we should get rid of these. He he doesn't come out and say it, but you can see his, the motor behind his wheel is like, hey, if we stop them here and now, then there won't be a future for them to travel back from. Uh, maybe we can stop the up- uprise of the apes, yada, yada. And that sets the premise for the rest of the movie. So, Brett, all right, so now we're on Rodeo Drive, and what ends up happening? Uh don't don't they go to like some museum, the museum of natural yeah. art or something? Well, because he he goes to a was it a, a natural a history museum? Match? He went to a box. Cornelius went to a boxing match or fight. Yeah, and yeah. she went to the natural uh, history museum, and that's where she ends up passing out, and it's discovered that she is pregnant. Yeah, which leads me to a question. <laughs> oh, and. No, I know where babies come from, Kyle. But uh, in the first Planet of the Apes movies, they weren't husband and wife yet. In the second Planet of the Apes, I'm trying to, beneath the Planet of the Apes, are they husband and wife yet? Or no? I don't know. You would think so. Well, they're living in the same house in the second one, at the very least. Well, well, because in this movie, they ask her when she knew she was pregnant. And she said before Before the on earth where they left earth yeah right so i don't know that's that's just something that popped in my mind i'm not really sure the timeline there um unfortunately you know definitely a thought of after the fact is like the even the second movie takes place over a course of maximum maybe a few weeks over the most part and she's clearly not pregnant at the beginning of that film and so the idea of like and so like during that time the beginning of that film to this time of this of the time travel the spaceship going forward it makes no sense for like you know a month-long pregnancy that essentially would take place within like you know maximum two months of the film's progress um so there's definitely some fudging going along there but right. not too bad i can overlook it because it makes the film better overall yeah. so uh now dr haslin you know he's trying to go to the president and say look we need to we need to stop him she's pregnant we cannot let her have this baby and like the president committee is like look we'll take it before the whole committee we'll we'll tell them your concerns and whatever they decide is what we will do yeah i sure hope trying to prevent uh, a bad future wouldn't uh you know uh, end up securing your fate and you know <laughs> that would that'd be bad <laughs> right but see then i don't think haslin liked that answer either because this is where um, they take Cornelius out and they take her and they lay her down and they give her the uh, old truth serum, I think. Yeah, because sodium pentothal. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. When, when Haslam brings her back to the, the hotel, he gives her some... Grape juice, juice plus. Grape juice plus. Grape juice plus. So she gets a little drunk and she starts uh, staying some stuff. And uh, he records it. Recording. Right. Which is pretty cool. He's like, "Do you mind if I smoke or whatever?" You know. Yeah, he has, a, he has yeah. a tape recorder and his cigarette pack. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So now that thing is played all over the radio stations, the news, um, and so then they come back, and I don't know why Cornelius wasn't with them, but it's it's her and the 
uh, Haslin and they call in the other doctor to administer the truth serum to her. And he's like, hey, this is like grape juice plus. And they take her in the back room and they lay her down and they turn on a recording. And it's basically interrogation. Yeah. Uh, she knows this is where they find out that, hey, she did some bad things, you know, like lobotomize humans, uh, that she only knew that three of them that could speak in her entire life or whatever. Um, and Cornelius is really mad at this point. Um, they, they take him away. And then when they come back and, and Should they take her back to the room where he's at and, uh, she's laying down again with a rag on her head. And, uh, then the guy comes in with their food and, uh, Cornelius snaps, dude. Yeah. He, he, he snapped. She, he, he called, he called her a, a the, he called the baby, a little monkey. Need yeah. to do something for the little, need to feed the little monkey. If not, if you don't want fed, but you still got to feed the little monkey. And, yeah. uh, and apparently he didn't know his own strength because he was a, a one, you know, just a one punch kind of guy. Well, well bef before, before she has the baby though, they tried to escape uh member because I think they found yeah. out that he actually killed the guy. And that was a pretty cool scene when they escape the, the, they go in there and he's like, good, good night, <laughs> doctor, good night, chief, you know, opens the door. And then he goes, uh, Zara and him come through and they, they escape. well, they start walking down through the, the, uh, I don't know what you call it. The back roads. And she starts going into labor. She starts having contractions. He's like, Oh, look, you know, we better go back, you know, no matter you stay here and no matter how bad it is, we'll have to pay for what we did. They're going to, they're going to. Yeah. Whatever our punishment is, we They'll will face consequences, but at least the baby will be safe, they think. Yeah. Well, by this time, uh, Dr. Haslin's gotten back, and now he's with uh what's the other doctor's name? The good the good guy. Um, Lewis Dixon. Yeah, yep, Dr. Lewis. And, and now they know they're they're after him. They killed somebody. So luckily they go, her and the her and the uh Steve, him and the Stevie go looking for him. Yeah. How did they find him on the on the road like that? Because because Stevie got a call from Lewis and she was heading back that way. And if you remember, he's he uh Cornelius is crawling up under the like the duckway or whatever underneath yeah. the, like the, the gutter. And uh the, the military police and all of them are going this way, and Stevie's going back towards the thing and they stop and they talk. And then Cornelius is like, Oh no, and he runs away and then he jumps in front of the car and she's okay. like and That's he right. climbs in with her. He talks to him. When it looks, Stevie, we didn't mean it was an accident. She's like, get in. I got a better idea. And this is where they take uh, Zara and Cornelius to the uh, Ricardo Montalban's circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great turn, by the way. Because, uh, you know, you have the other um, mother orangutan and her baby chimpanzee or whatever it is. Chimp yeah, chimpanzee. Yeah, and and Zira's sitting there going, "Mama, Mama," trying to get that baby to talk. And she's, she's, he's like, "Curtis, like Zira, why are you doing that?" And he's, I'm just practicing. <laughs> so, um, they don't know where they went. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking all over the place, and the Haslin decides that uh, that he's going to check all the zoo, all the zoos, and well, the circuses in the area. The problem I have with that is that is from the zoologist. Because he says, well, how long does she have before she has the baby? And he was like, like a week, he says, to 10 says, days like, or whatever. 10 days. Right. And he's like, well, hey, I want every zoo checked, every circus. And I was like, you idiot. Why did he say like 
four weeks or so, you know, give him a little time to get out of town. Exactly. Exactly. So I blame that guy. Yeah. Cause he knew so, they were there already. Right. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So, then, then he freaks out and he's like, Ooh, we got to get him out of the circus now. Right. Um, so they go get him out of the circus and, uh, uh, Zira says, I'm going to say goodbye to the other mother chimp and her baby. Yeah, she goes inside the cage, which is pretty, yeah. pretty sweet. It's touching they're, sit, they're sitting there, and then the next thing, it's them walking, getting dropped off with supplies by uh, Dr. Lewis and Stevie. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I like Zara because she's like, you're only the second human I've ever kissed. And Cornelius <laughs> and Stevie, and he's like, you're the first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. think he's just out of spite, man. You know, he's like, man, she's over. She's kissed two humans. I haven't got one single kiss. So he's like, well, I'm kissing this lady. Try to give me some. <laughs> so they've got them packed with supplies and food, and they said, look, you know, we got enough here for you. Got to lay low for about a week. Um, then you can go back. Started. Then you can go back with the zoo and go down to Florida and live in the Everglades. Yep. And he's like, oh, there's this old. You go past these oil refineries, and there's a an old, basically a a what is it, aircraft carrier sitting <laughs> in the middle of the harbor. That hey, you know, I used to play there as a kid, and I'm like, I used to go down here play with. I don't know if that's a thing. If any of our listeners can tell me, hey, is there a shipyard that you can go play in? I doubt it now anymore. There but, might have been back then, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine time, you know. But I mean now? Oh, no, not now. Absolutely not. Too many lawsuits and all that. Not a ship, that. but I've definitely been to abandoned places I shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. um, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just going to leave that one alone, Kyle. I picked on you enough. I got a lot more picking on later on. But um, so um, they're hiding out on the ship. Yeah, no, but before the reason they get found is because Zira, the baby, oh, starts yeah, she, crying, and she takes her little suitcase with her and she shoves it like in one of the oil stupid things. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, just I mean, so uh, what was it? The superintendent or somebody came by and checked, and he's like, uh, You see, uh, Dr. Haslin and, uh, slides in there. And he's like, Where'd you find it? And he's like, Who found it? He's like, well, it was right here. So he's like, huh? So he starts looking around, and you see him climbing up top, like the uh, oil the refinery, oil yeah. refinery, with the the old binoculars. You know, he's looking, and he sees old Cornelius, idiot, <laughs> out, <laughs> out on out on the deck of the ship. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, just if they would just cover their tracks, it would have been a lot better. But no, exactly. So yeah. go ahead, go ahead, take it away there, Brett. So then the hassling. Goes over to the ship and uh, ends up seeing Zero with the baby. And he's like, I need the baby. Give me the baby. The baby. <laughs> I need that baby. And she's like, Cornelius. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why he wasn't with her. He went to go find a place clean so she could feed it, feed the baby because they oh. were on that dirty, dirty floor laying down. Remember? Well, it didn't look like, like he was going to find any better work closer than they no, already he's were. Like, he's like, I, there's got to be someplace cleaner, he said. So that's why he yep. took off. So uh, Zira's running around trying to find Cornelius. Cornelius is running around trying to find her. And uh, the Haslin's chasing them both down. Then the Haslin. Uh, Finally corners Zira. Yeah, he's got the he has the high ground. <laughs> he has the high ground. And, and yeah. Uh, 
and one more time give me the baby and she tries running off so he shoots her but like she's still times. alive and she's mortally wounded that's for sure. yeah cornelius is up on the top still and uh all the people that were on the shore or whatever are on the the uh, all, army all the and military all yeah. the police uh snipers get him and he falls off the top and that was pretty dramatic yeah, but but you got to remember Zira before she, I don't remember if it was before she got shot or after she throws her baby overboard. Yep, she throws the baby over over in the water. water, and you're like, oh man, this is rough. Not only are we getting this death, we got the baby infant death, we and we got. <laughs> but I but remember uh, Cornelius had had asked. He said, look, he he told him, uh, Doctor. Uh, I always forget that guy's name. What's the guy's name? Doctor Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, or... Lewis. He said, look. He said, you know, if they catch us, they're going to kill us. He said, you at least let us do the honor of killing ourselves. And he gives him a gun. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I think, uh, is it Cornelius that shoots Dr. Haslam? Yeah, from up above. From, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was him or if it was the military. But, yeah, they shoot they shoot Haslam like three times. And he goes flying into the water. And then they just. Snipers take out Cornelius. Yeah. And he oh, falls man, down. That one hurt, dude. I liked Cornelius. <laughs> so uh she goes over and dies with Cornelius, lays on top of him and dies. Yeah. I was like, well, how touching. But and I threw my baby, I threw the baby overboard. <laughs> and then at the end, you you come to the famous scene with we're back at the zoo. With Ricardo the circus. Yeah, Ricardo Montabon, yeah. and they they got this gigantic cage rolling it on wheels and there you see, and he starts talking to this baby chimpanzee, and he's like, you know, your parents would be proud, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're a smart little cookie. It never really told you how he survived. I guess he swam. Um, well, no, the idea was that they already, they swapped out the baby. She, they swapped out the babies. Oh, is that what they did? Yeah, yeah. when she was in the cage saying goodbye. Uh, yeah, I never doing the water either. wasn't a talking chimp. It was a regular chimp. I got you. But they never said that, did they? No, you just had to figure it out. You had to, to infer that. I must be a stupid monkey because I didn't remember that. But he said, he said, then you just hear the baby, you know, he's looking at the thing, he's like, mama, mama. And this thing goes mama for like a good minute and a half, probably, because even the screen goes black. It's like, mama, yeah. mama. And I'm like, Brett, what are you making me watch? Mama. They got it they on repeat. You can see the little chimp's <laughs> face going, mama, mama. And they got it on repeat like five times. Right. So, uh, therefore, the uh, the the baby's name was what? Do you remember the baby chimpanzee? The, it was supposed to be Milo. They named it after the doctor Milo. Right. right. So but they it was, uh, later became Caesar when he takes the name. You know, Caesar. Like, yeah. They yeah. named him Caesar. So then the movie ends. So I got a little bit of trivia and then we'll we'll head on out. So the films of uh, a villain, Dr. Haslam. Has been briefly mentioned at the beginnings of Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and I don't remember that. Does either of you? No, he was in both of them. Not in them. They mentioned him by name. That oh, he's they do at the beginnings. I'm about to go back and see if I can watch the beginning of that. See if mm. I can so, spot that little. I thought that was pretty cool. This was this was only filmed from November 30th, 1970, to January 20th, 1971. So all this happened within what a, a two months. Yeah. And less than two months, but all all of the sequels were shot in the winter time, 
And you'll find out because later on Zira says something about her makeup and all that was easier to put on in the wintertime. So uh, Zira's first yeah. line in the presence of humans was because I loathe bananas is a reference to Kim Hunter's real distaste for this fruit, which originated during the filming of the first Planet of the Apes. The actors <laughs> portraying apes were required to keep their makeup on during breaks in order to save time, as we talked about. So the rest of the crew often called them monkeys and offered bananas to mock them. Uh Scenes there were scenes of Zira's mistaking a toothbrush for a hairbrush and of Cornelius and Lewis playing golf. <laughs> they were in the early version of the script, but they were not used in the actual movie. Uh, they also had in the earlier scripts, has I think I've three- seen pictures of that with him with a golf suit on, yeah, golf outfit, the golf pants, if I remember right. Yeah, um, earlier scripts had the three apo knots. Viewing the uh, dying Earth from their space capsule before going back to back in time, the scene was actually shot but not completed, so there was no VX through the ports or any of that. Um, with Beneath the Planet of the Apes doing so well at the box office, producer Arthur P. Jacobs sent a telegram to writer Paul Then four months after this film's release, which simply said, or four months uh, after the film's release, simply said, "Apes exist. Sequel required." <laughs> uh, so according to actress Kim Hunter, makeup of the original Planet of the Apes took four and a half hours to apply. Uh, by the time the, th- time the third film was done, the makeup department was able to do it in an hour quicker. Kim noted that the latex uh, lacked insulation, so your skin was very heated in warm temperatures, but very cold in cool temperatures. During the course of this movie, which was filmed during winter, Kim's makeup appliance develops a puffed-up appearance Possibly the result of some padding underneath to compensate for filming in cool temperatures, which I thought she looked amazing in this movie. Yeah. She looked better than, than the other ones. Uh, if you watch all of the first five Planet of the Apes, uh, the original Planet of the Apes films, a strict uh, end story chronology, this one actually takes place before all the others. Yeah. In a 2010 interview with the Archive of American Television, Eric Braden admitted that he did not really like the role of Dr. Otto Haslam and considered it to be a caricature. Nevertheless, he added that he had a good time making the film as he enjoyed working with Roddy McDowell, Kim Hunter, and Don Taylor, whom he described as a very good director. You know, I think sometimes a good director makes all the difference in the world. Yep, exactly. I'll agree, definitely. Uh, Sal Mino found the makeup process very uncomfortable because of his claustrophobia. In an interview, he stated that was... uh, Tiring and hard. Kim Hunter said in an interview that she and Roddy McDowell had to hug Mino a lot to console him. <laughs> uh, Bradford Dillman and Eric Braden would later both appear in Piranha. If you've ever seen that movie. Brett, you've seen Piranha? I know you have. Yes, I have. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I have never uh, it. Three the of the t- star- Do what? For the type of movie it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Piranha 3D was pretty crazy, too. Uh, three of the stars appears in the original Star Trek series. William Wyndham was Commodore Matt Decker. Uh, the Doomsday Machine. Uh, well, I guess I was a tile. The Doomsday Machine. Uh, Jason Everell's raw uh, wink of an eye. And yes, the great Ricardo Montalban. Khan. And Space Seed. The Liberty One spacecraft was the second time the original ship from the first movie was reused. It would be used once more time in what, Brett? Do you remember? What's that? The original ship, the Liberty One. This is the second time it was used for a movie. When's the other one? And it's not the movie before this. Do you know when? 
No. Was it in a Planet of the Apes film, or is it another film entirely? It was used in the Planet of the Apes television pilot, Return to Tomorrow. In 19- oh, okay. Ah. All right. Uh, yeah. While making this film, Eric Braden said he began attending ping pong tournaments at the home of the film's producer, Arthur P. Jacobs, and Jacobs' wife, Natalie Trundy, uh, competing against other Hollywood notables such as Richard Zanuck, Wendell Niles, and, yes, Walter Matthau. Huh. Braden said he didn't normally go to parties held by directors and producers because he didn't want to make it seem like he was trying to get a job from doing so, but he broke his self-imposed rule when he heard that ping pong was involved. Well, that's sort of cool. Uh, Sal Mino agreed to appear in the film because he hoped it would restart his career, much as in the first Apes film had done for Roddy McDowell. However, when Mino found the makeup uncomfortable, the script was rewritten to kill his character off earlier than planned. <laughs> That's yeah. you take choke deep. Second time, Charles hasn't did it, so he could do it too. Yeah, yeah this was Mino's uh, final theatrical film before he was murdered on February 12, 1976, at the age of 37. Oh, yeah, God. I remember that. Yeah, That's uh, crazy. Did they ever catch the people? I, I forget all the stuff, but I just vaguely remember it. I think I was like nine years old. So uh, for, for the death scene, Cornelius and Zero were originally going to be ripped apart by a pack of Doberman Pinschers, the feared dog from that decade, led by Dr. Haslam. But producers thought the scene would be far too gruesome, so they were killed by gunshots instead. Yeah, I think they made the right call there. Just like, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and yes, the oh, opening scene was filmed on the same beach location where Taylor had discovered the Statue of Liberty in the fir- uh, final scene of the original Planet of the Apes. So we'll start with Brett. Brett, what's your overall thoughts on our third installment, Escape from Planet of the Apes, and what are you going to rate it? Uh, are, are we doing out of 10? Out of 10. All right. I'm a big Apes fan as you guys know, so I, I'll still watch this a lot. So I just like these five first movies the best. I I, I can watch them anytime and doesn't bother me a bit. So uh, I'm gonna give it. This isn't the best one out all of them though. My favorite will probably always be the original. I'm just like that, you know. So uh, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Six out of ten monkey paws for (laughs) Brett. Monkey paws. Mama. Mama Mama paws. (laughs) Mama. All right, Kyle. All right. Um, yeah, I gotta say there's definitely an improvement over the second film, which I felt like was really had me worried for a moment, like, oh my gosh, is the whole series gonna be like this much of a downward trend um overall? And I'm very happy that Escape from Planet of the Apes really kind of uh showed me some of the reasons why this series has endured for as long as it has you know even to this day like they're making new movies you know in 2020 like next year for the kingdom of the planet of the apes i'm super excited about that now um but this film gives me a, a much deeper appreciation of some of the um some of the the world building they did in this film especially to, to explain how they got the planet of the apes is really impressive and also gave me a greater appreciation for how uh the andy circus film and the reboot series kind of refined a lot of the ideas going on in this film in a way that I really appreciate. So overall, this film is a great thing for like a good piece for the whole franchise together. I don't think like the Planet of the Apes series exists in nearly the same kind of quality form without this movie laying a lot of the groundwork they needed for the other films to exist. So for that alone, I think this kind of movie goes almost like a 7 out of 10 for me where I appreciate this film um, pretty much on almost the same level I appreciated the first Planet of the Apes film, I think. I think I'm going to hold both the 1968 version and this version in the same regard to me. So I really appreciate it a lot. 
Jimbo, how do you feel about the film? Well, what did you rate it at, Kyle? Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay. Well, for me, um, when they started going to Rodeo Drive and all that, I thought I was getting lost in the Partridge Family uh, TV show for a second because the music just got a little quirky for me. And, you know, they had that 60s, 70s style clothing going on. And, and I was like, man, where, where's the, the the apes? Where's the killing? Where's the murders? Where's the, you know, everything from the first one that you loved, you know, the the human target practicing, the 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 whips, all that. No, we got, you know, um, I, I do think the storytelling was a little bit better than the second one. Uh, the second one just had a lot of plot holes, I thought. Like, they could have expanded more on the storytelling for that one for me so i think this one probably did a better job at doing that as kyle said um but like i told brett you know i i've always loved the planet of the apes ever since i was a kid i mean it's one of the franchises that's 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 a movie franchise i mean it's where a lot of the stuff came from yeah and that's why i like the new planet of the apes so much too um i think they they continued on the franchise very well um uh, brett have you watched all the new ones uh, I don't think, I think I have, maybe, I don't know. I'd have, I'll have to go back and. You're going to have to. We'll, we'll, we'll get to eventually, right? So I think we'll have a eventually, on, yeah. So another uh, tidbit back in the day, they used to have uh, albums, story albums. Yeah. And you with a record. Get, yeah. A record, vinyl record. record. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could get the Planet of the Apes. I had, I think, Beneath the Planet of the Apes and this one on story record yeah i had some of the star wars ones um but for me i'm probably gonna have to probably have to be down there with bread probably probably a five five six um it's just it wasn't what i was expecting um but it, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing i think at the end of when we do all what five six nine movies or whatever it is uh, we'll have to rank them in order, like the one through ten list or whatever, the from the the worst to the best in your opinion. So keep that in mind as we're reviewing these. But we are getting ready to head into our Zoom meeting. Um, if you guys uh, like this, uh, every time we record one of these, right afterwards we have a real talk uh, mm -hmm. where a bunch of people come in and I come up with a bunch of questions and stuff and and make make Brett go first. And You're so picking on me, fella. <laughs> so um with that being said i think this episode's coming close. you guys got anything else to add thanks for having me on again guys appreciate it yeah i always love having a show going on just like this and uh i think this film especially kind of like this one deepened my appreciation for the entire planet of the apes series i think this actually this this is the moment where i feel like i became more of a fan than ever before now like the first film second film i feel like i appreciate those movies but now i appreciate planet of the apes as a series so i really like this film a lot so thanks for that but like i said i think we're coming to a wrap and cut